Thank you for listening to Sozo Church in Spokane, Washington. For more information on Sozo Church, visit sozospokane.com. Sozo Church. We're, we're gonna we're gonna get pro- probably next week. I don't know. Probably next week we're gonna take a little. We're gonna take a road trip. Remember in school when the teacher would be like, "Hey everybody, we're gonna take a road trip." You're excited you got? Get excited. We're gonna take a road trip. We're not going anywhere, but we're gonna take a road trip. We're gonna we're gonna take a road trip to Acts because we gotta look at the fulfillment of this promise. And here, let me just say this right now. Holy Spirit does not fall in the book of Acts after, uh, after, after, after you know, 40-some days of them waiting because they waited long enough. It wasn't like I was like, okay, now I know you're serious. They didn't work, they didn't earn, they didn't achieve. Neither do we. We, we receive, we honor, and we wait on. That's what we do, Amen. Again, I, I want to I just be super clear on this. I don't want to. I don't want to try to trick anybody. I don't want to try to to bait and switch anybody. I don't want anybody to go like I didn't know that. So let's just be upfront. As the pastor of this church, if I'm your pastor, if this is your church, if, if this is where you hang out, my goal is to increase your awareness of your utter dependency on intimacy with Holy Spirit. Intimacy with the Holy Spirit is necessary for the Christian life. At best, if you don't have it, the Christian life is boring. At best. I mean, come on, somebody. Let's just talk about Sundays. Like, like imagine trying to explain to somebody with no concept. Maybe you've tried to do this. Explain to them with no concept of the reality of who God is, what Sundays are for you. Like, I gather in a room with a bunch of people, and like, uh bunch of people get on the stage and they sing songs and we all sing with them. You all sing with the band? Yeah, we all sing. We sing really loud. Oh, are you all like a choir? Are you good singers? No, most people can't sing at all. In fact, the person that sits right over my left shoulder can't carry a tune in a bucket. And you like this. Oh, I love it. It's great. And then what? Well, and then a guy gets up, tells bad jokes, and just rambles for like an hour. Oh, and then you like run out when it's over. No, then they sing more. We eat old bread, have some juice, and then we leave. That's the definition of a wasted Sunday morning. Talk to me. Unless God himself is present there. Unless the songs we're singing aren't just songs. But they're a sacrifice of praise to the only one who's ever been found in all of existence to be worthy to receive that. You try to give that praise to anybody else, it'll kill them and it'll kill you. Don't believe me? Just open the newspaper to the celebrity section. All of their lives are falling apart. And everyone who looks to them for advice and and a way to live their life their life is falling apart too. See, 
we are, we are designed to be dependent upon Holy Spirit. At best, I said, at best, I said, it's boring. At worst, it's just fake, it's false, it's, 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 a, it's a show. Maybe, maybe somewhere in the middle, it's just you trying to self-discipline yourself into self-righteousness. But when he's here, come on. When he's here, it's everything because mutual indwelling is the life of the sons of God. You were never designed. I'm going to free somebody this morning. You were never designed to live the Christian life on your own. You're meant to do it, yes, in the community of believers, yes and amen. But you were also designed to do it with and through the indwelling, the abiding of the Holy Spirit. I, I'm, 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 I really mean this as help. Some of y'all are trying to figure out why your life is jacked up. And I love you enough to tell you, probably because of something you're doing. And the answer is not figure out how to stop doing it. Because here's the truth. Here's the truth. Come on. You probably know what it is. And if, if, you, were, if you were strong enough or smart enough to stop doing it on your own, I mean, you, you would by now. But you were not designed to be able to overcome that on your own. You are designed to live in an ever-dependent relationship with the Holy Spirit in your life. And he's the one who lives through us as he lives in us. Now, when I say I want us, I want to grow us in that, what I'm saying is I want us to be a church dependent upon Holy Spirit. Come on, if you agree with me, say amen. Right? Right? I want us to be, but, but, but listen to me. That doesn't mean I want us to have Holy Spirit services on Sunday morning. Do I want us to have Holy Spirit services on Sunday morning? Yes. Absolutely. Yes and amen. But that can't be the totality of what makes us a Holy Spirit. I want you to have Holy Spirit Tuesdays. Thursday at 3.37 should be just as saturated with an awareness of Holy Spirit in your life as Sunday morning is. Because here's what I'm here to tell you. Your assignment from him, it makes you just as dependent upon Holy Spirit as mine does. You are it might be easier to see how or why what we do here on Sunday morning is dependent upon him, but what you do on Monday morning is just as dependent upon him. Because your job is not your job. Your job is the means by which God gets provision, to, the, 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 the channel, the, the tube that gets you the provision from the Lord. Amen? Right? Like, hopefully you do a job that makes you money. If not, I'm, word of the Lord, get a new job. Okay? But it's also the place in which he, he positioned you to be an agent of the kingdom in that place. That makes that you dependent upon him. Amen? None of this is in my notes. I don't even know where we are. What I'm trying to get us to see is you are utterly dependent upon Holy Spirit. Amen? Why can I say that? Why can I say that? Because Holy Spirit is God. Last time we talked to you about this, I'm talking to charismatic people. This morning, I want to talk to people who are a little bit like, mm, I don't know so much. Come on, we got both here. 
We got people who came, who came in with your hair lit on fire. And we got people who came in frozen chosen. Y'all know who you are. You're the ones not laughing right now. <laughs> Across the spectrum, come on. We've got to understand our utter dependency upon him. Because he's God. He's not a, a mystical force. This is what I like to say, and I know it offends people, and I'm okay with that because it's sound doctrine. Okay? Holy Spirit is not the force, and you are not a Jedi. Okay? Like that's, when we talk about Holy Spirit, you're dependent upon it. It's not like, yeah, we need to learn how to use the, no, 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 no. Get that, get that out of your head. They haven't made a good movie since the 80s anyway, so just get it out of your head. All the millennials are like, our movies were good too. Keep telling yourself that. Um, we love you. Or as we would say in the South, bless your heart. Um, Holy Spirit is God. Which, which leads us into kind of a necessary conversation about biblical trinity. I'm not going to go as deep as we've gone in the past. There are messages that we've taught on this. You can go there. But there, we, we, there, there's something here for us. So, so when we talk about Holy Spirit as God, some of you are like, well, I thought Jesus was God. Yeah, I thought Abba was God. Yep. That's what we call the trinity. Three persons, one being. Heroes were the Lord your God. The Lord your God is one God. One God, three persons. The word one used in, in, in that passage in the Old Testament is the same word that, that, that is used in, in Genesis where it says that, that the husband and a wife shall come together and the two shall become one. Well, I thought they were two. Yeah, they're also one. Okay, I know that this might seem, it might seem impossible, but listen to me, it, it's it, from, our, from our plane of existence, Three and one is impossible. All, again, I, I always have to go here. Maybe we'll have to dive into this. If, if you've got more questions about this, please email Mark. It says Go ahead and email. But, but, but right now, I don't have time to get into this, but let me just throw this out there. Every analogy that's currently in your head that you want to come talk to me about afterwards, they're all heresy. Like, no, God, it's like water. He could be liquid. He could be, no, no, no. It's modalism. Not true. F minus minus. Okay? Like, not, not right. The only biblical picture is the one I just gave you. Two shall become one. Okay, so, so, so I need us to understand that while we might look at this and say, oh, that's impossible, here's what I need you to get. It's not illogical. Three persons, one being, doesn't break the laws of logic. Here's how I can prove this to you, and I'm stealing this from C.S. Lewis. He's a good guy to steal from. Okay, so if you could have a being that only existed on one dimension, all they could see is a line. And a square would be impossible to them, right? Because all they could see is one dimension. You trying to explain a square to them would be like, well, see that that side of the line and that side of the line touch another line, but it goes in another direction. And they're like, there is no other direction. There's left and right. That's it. You're like, no, there's, it goes far away. It goes down. They're like, I don't, uh, uh. Now, if you had a person that could live in two dimensions and you tried to explain a cube to them, they would be very lost, right? You're like, no, it's like, it's like you take six squares and you put them together. Like, you can't do that because all they have is up and down, left and right. They don't have back and forth. Right now, understand, we live in three dimensions. Imagine if I tried to explain, if I said, okay, that you, you know what a line is, right? You know what, you know what a square is. 
This isn't a test. It's okay. If you don't, we can talk about it. Okay, you know what a square is. You know what a cube is. Do you know what a tesseract is? It's six squares put together, but they're all one square. It's also a thing in Marvel, but don't talk about that. Okay? It's a, it's a four-dimensional cube, right? Our brains go, it doesn't work. But mathematically, it works. Did you know that? You just have to add another dimension. Okay, so, so in, our, in the human existence, one person equals one being. Amen? Right? But, but there, is a, there is an eternal plane. There's a divine plane. There's a heaven. There's the Yahweh dimension. And there, there's, it, it seems to be revealed in Scripture that three persons can be one being. So as we look at this, so as we look at this, again, my, my preferred picture of this, and I'm always going to bring this up because I think it's important, is, is to understand the Trinity through the, through the, through the, the ancient early church fathers. Uh, the word they used was perichoresis, which is, is, is kind of pictured in this image. There's problems with this image too. I know, I know, I know. But again, my preferred, and you're going to understand here in a minute why. So the idea of this is that the, the, the early church fathers, in trying to explain the Trinity, used perichoresis. literally means circle. Peri means perimeter, circle. And choresis is where we get choreography. It's the circle dance, or what I call the swirl. It's the swirl of God. It's, it's God spinning and moving until, until the three are one. Amen? But they're still three, but they're one. They're one, but they're three. For today, I have to use the thing I don't like using. Because I'll be honest, like this, this, I, this, this, I can get excited about that. Like, yeah, swirl spin, yeah, woo! This, I'm like, okay, thank you. It's like a math diagram. But it's important for what we're going to talk about today. This, when we talk about the Trinity, we say Holy Spirit is God. Track with me, come on. We see that the Father, which we now know as Abba, is God. The Son, which we know as Jesus, is God, right? And Holy Spirit is God, right? But they're not one another. So, so, so that's, that's what we're talking about. And, and, and so, 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 so when we say Holy Spirit is God, we say amen. Yes. Woohoo! Hooray. Huzzah. Wow. Whatever you need to say, but agreement, right? As this, is, this does not make us charismatic. This makes us Christian, okay? So here's, here's, where, I, here's where I need it. Holy Spirit is God, okay? The next thing I need us to see, though, is this. Holy Spirit is uniquely God. Okay, let, let, me, let, me, see if I can, let me see if I can do this. Trinity? Okay, we tend to focus, and I think rightly, on this part. The oneness of God. Like three is, is one, right? Because I think that's the part that makes our brains go, right? That's the theological term for my brain hurts. Um, so we tend to focus a lot on, on, on the Father is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God, right? We, we tend to focus on, hey, they're all God, they're all God, they're all God. But we, we can sometimes fall in a ditch and forget this, that Abba is not Jesus, and Jesus is not Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit is not Abba, and Abba is not Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit is not Jesus, and Jesus is not Abba. So some of you, and again, remember who I'm talking to, some of you are saying like, hey, hey, I've got Jesus, I'm cool. But Jesus says, I'm going to send to you another. 
and, and, and it's, it's good and fine and great and all, and we're really happy that, 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 that you are, are rocking with the 70s and Jesus is all right with you. Okay, but Jesus says, look, there's somebody coming to you. He is Holy Spirit. He is God just as much and just like I am God, but he is not me and I am not him. Again, we gotta be careful. There's ditches on both sides, right? But we've gotta grasp this. We need to grab a hold of this. Holy Spirit is God. He's not Abba. He's not Jesus. He's unique. We see this, it seems, it seems, it seems, Splitting hairs here, and we can get discussions about this and talk about the nuance of it, but just for the sake of, of group lesson, there is unity and there is uniqueness within Trinity. There's unity in will, in purpose, but there seems to be uniqueness in work and in practice. We see this all the way back at the beginning, right? Genesis, creation narrative. We see Abba seeming to sort of preside over all of creation, directing and moving and, 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 and sort of leading the charge. We see Holy Spirit brooding or hovering or resting or waiting over all of this un, unkept, undi, undefined mass. And then we see Jesus being the word, being declared as it creates all things. So God is making all things, but yet God is working in different ways. We see this in John, right, where Jesus says, look, I'm the true vine, my father is the vine dresser, and Holy Spirit is the parakletos, right? He's your advocate, he's your helper, he's your counselor, he's, your, he's, he, he's the one sent beside you, he's, he's there with you. These are three different roles. Are you tracking with me? So Holy Spirit is uniquely God. He's uniquely God. Holy Spirit is unique. I'm going to do these real fast. Actually, let's just throw them all up there. Holy Spirit is unique in the way he moves, in the way he relates, in the way he works. Unique from the other members of the Trinity. Okay, we gotta be careful. To, that's not to say that, that, that Jesus isn't a part of what, what Holy Spirit is doing or the Father isn't a part of it. No, 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 but, but he's the activist. He's, he's unique in the way he moves. The, the, the New Testament defi- the, describes him as breath or wind, pneuma. Literally, wind. He's the wind, the, the, the otherly wind of God. Holy Spirit. Holy, otherly, not like anything else. Spirit, pneuma, wind. He's the otherly wind of God. Unique in the way he moves. He's unique in the way he relates. He relates to us on an interior level, not an exterior level. Right? Jesus interacted with us in an exterior way. Jesus came physically, had a body, dwelled with us, taught with us, walked with us, demonstrated to us. John says it this way in 1 John that, that we, 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 held, we beheld him and we held him with our hands. Right? He had a physical body. But Holy Spirit relates to us on an interior world. Speaks to our heart, our soul. He's unique in the way he works because, because listen, he doesn't have his own body, so he works through his people. So he's unique in the way he moves, in the way he relates, in the way he works. So you've got to, we have to learn. If I say we're dependent upon him, we have to learn the unique way he does these things. We've got to come to him, surrender to him in these ways. So I said Holy Spirit is uniquely God. Everybody say amen. 
Last piece. Holy Spirit is uniquely God to you. Holy Spirit is uniquely God to you. Now, now some of you are like, because you think what I just said, like, well, he's unique to you, but he might not be unique to other people. No, the, the, this two, what I'm talking about here, Jesus said he was going to Abba, and he would send Holy Spirit to you. This word to, don't have time to do a whole Greek study today because I've got an assignment I still have to get to. But this word, this Greek word to is, is, is pros. Everybody say pros. Pros is a complicated Greek word. It's simple but complex, right? It's, it's, it's often translated to, sometimes it's with, sometimes it's along. I think it's, it'll be helpful if we just go back a little bit. Let's just restart the whole series. John chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, I was just at a pastor's gathering, and we were all talking and over in Portland, and the conversation, inevitably the conversation with pastors goes to, like, what are you preaching on right now? That's the, that's the like, I've run out of things to talk about. Um, and uh, <laughs> a few of us are hanging out, and they're going around, I'm talking about this, we're preaching on this, God's doing this, and blah, blah, blah. And the guy standing next to me, a good friend of mine, he goes, dude, you can't still be in John. <laughs> I I am. And then they asked the question I didn't want them to ask. What chapter? <laughs> I was like, I'm 16. <laughs> oh, you're wrapping up chapter 16? Sure. Like my son said, by the end I'll just be able to restart John chapter 1. Y'all have all forgotten about it by that point anyways, and I don't have to ever study another book of the Bible. Um, John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was... With God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Okay? That, th- those, that word, the with, all of those times. Right? Both those times. Like, the, the Word was with God. It was in the beginning with God. That word with is the Greek word pros. I love the way Dr. Simmons translates this in the, in the, um, the Passion. Here's what he says here. In the very beginning, the living expression was already there. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together, catch this, face to face in the very beginning. That's because this word pros doesn't just mean to or with in, in a generic sort of like, well, we're all with each other right now. There's an intimacy to the word pros. It's looking each other in the eye. It's being with one another. It's being together with one another. So when I say the Holy Spirit is uniquely God to you, I mean you are designed, come on, to have a face-to-face relationship in the same way that Jesus says, I'm going back to Abba, I'm going to send Holy Spirit to you. Do you get that? The same same face-to-face that Jesus and Abba are sharing right now, you are supposed to be sharing right now with Holy Spirit. That same level of intense intimate, that uncommon relationship, that unique abiding, that soul-penetrating existence. See, Jesus has gone to be with the Father. The Holy Spirit has come to be with you. He's come to bring you back into, come on somebody, the swirl of God. I talked all about, right, like I, I shared this, like I, I like I like the one on the right, not the one on the left. Here's why. If you asked me pastorally, 
right? If I just had my, my, my pastor hat on, not my I stole it from somebody else theologian hat, um, but just my pastor hat, and you say, hey, define Trinity for me. I, I would I'd probably go through lots of, I would want to go through like the three and one, three, but here ultimately, if I was talking to a believer who kind of had a grasp, here's how I would try to help you understand Trinity. Here's how I think of Trinity and why I think perichoresis is better. The Trinity is perfect love, loving 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 perfect, come on somebody, it's perfect love, loving perfect love, loving perfect love, loving perfect love, loving perfect love, until, come on, until all it is is perfect love. Because John says God is love. You go, well, the Bible says God is holy. Yes, he's holy because all he is is love. Everything else is love plus something. The otherliness of God is that he is pure light. In him there is no darkness. It's pure light, illuminating pure light, illuminating pure light, illuminating pure light. And Holy Spirit comes to us as God, as perfect love, loving, perfect love, loving, perfect love, loving, perfect, and comes and sweeps us away because here's what you've got to grasp, beloved. You came out of that spin. Let us make man in our image. Come on, everything else God spoke into existence. You, he formed and fashioned with his very hands. Everything else came alive simply because he said so. You came alive because he breathed into your nostrils. He put breath in you. And did you not forget what we just learned? What's the Greek word for spirit? Breath. Wind. So Holy Spirit comes to swirl you back into the place that you came from. To bring you back into the place that you were designed for. To pull us back into that. What I'm trying to tell you is this. You, when I say the necessity of intimacy, what I mean is you will never know. Hear me now. Hear me now. You will never know the soul-satisfying love that you were designed for until you find it exclusively in the circle dance of God. If that's not enough for you, nothing will ever be enough for you. Until that's enough for you, nothing will ever be enough for you. And once that's enough for you, it will be all that you need. But we've spent our whole lives eating dirt and convincing ourselves it tastes good. So when the love of God comes and says, knock it off, that's dirt. He who is hungry, let him come and eat. He who is thirsty, let him come and drink. There's no cost. Free buffet. We go, no, I'm good. I'll just keep eating this dirt. You're never going to be satisfied. Because in his goodness, he made you from his goodness. And he made you for his goodness. You need Holy Spirit. This is not like, well, hey, you know, you can be a Christian, but if you kind of want to kind of like be weirder, you can go to a charismatic church. I'm not, listen, I'm not, I don't even know if I like the term charismatic, I'll be totally honest with you. It didn't even exist until like the 70s, and we can talk about that later. I'm not to believe in, engage with, and yes, yes, pursue the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our gatherings 
because I think they make better church services. They do. But that's not the why. Are you tracking with me? Can, can, can we just can we just can we just can we just put like the Sunday morning preacher thing aside for a second? Can we just talk for just like just like can you give me like two minutes? When you look at the world right now as it exists, and you hear the commandment of Jesus that we're supposed to go into that world and make it the kingdom, do you have any idea how we're gonna do that? Like, do you, do you, I mean, do we like need to all get together and come up with like our best idea? Or maybe do we need to do what Jesus said, which is, hey, go lock yourself in a room until Holy Spirit comes. Because y'all got no way to fix the mess out there. We're going to get to this part, but you got to understand just how jacked up those 120 people were. We, we see them on stained glass in churches, and we're like, they were wonderful. No wonder God used them. But their reputation so permeated the city of Jerusalem that on the day of Pentecost, when, when the Holy Spirit showed up and everything went crazy, the natural assumption of the crowd was, they're drunk again. And Peter's response is not, we are holy men of God, we don't do that. His response was, it's too early. It's like, it's only 9 o'clock, come back later maybe, I don't know. But right now, too early. He didn't have any defense. Come on, so I, I don't have another way. We, we say that we exist for three reasons, our three directives, right? Preach the gospel of Jesus to everyone in spoke in. Uh, produce genuine disciples of Jesus. Partner in the global mission of Jesus. I don't know how we do any of that without Holy Spirit active. If you're meeting the same people I'm meeting when I'm just talking to people in the city, they don't need a good sermon. They don't need nice worship songs. They don't need a small group to belong to. They need Holy Spirit to utterly wreck their interior world and rebuild it in his image. Okay, you amen to that. So now, let's go. You don't need better worship services. You don't need me to preach better. You don't need to find a belong group. You need Holy Spirit to wreck your interior world and rebuild it. But if all we want to do is just have good, like we're going to complain about church services, talk about how we can do better church services, or how we can be a better, look, 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 I want to do better at all this stuff we're doing. I do. I want to get better at everything. But if we don't get better at this and we get better at everything, none of it matters. But I'm also going to tell you this, and I believe this with every fiber of my being. If you want to argue, if you want to go find another church, I love you. Be blessed. If we get this right and we don't get anything else better, we're doing all right. I'm good with it. We don't study this stuff. I didn't, I didn't go through all this so you could be intellectually stimulated. I did this so that it would spur you toward intimacy with Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't, that's why I wasn't going to go into today like studying all the different modes of Trinitarian. Like I love that. I love that stuff. Okay, I love it. You want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. You want me to send you diagrams that I made myself? Absolutely. That's how much of a nerd I am. I'm like, oh, I'm going to make diagrams of all the heretical views of the doctrine of the Trinity. But 
But I'm not talking to you about understanding that so that you can go, oh, I intellectually kind of have agreement with that. I'm doing it, listen to me, I'm doing it to try to spur you toward interacting with the one that was sent to be your parakletos. To be your advocate, to be your helper, to be the one that comes alongside you, to be the one that, that, that is actually there with you, in you. He's, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you to step into the swirl of perfect love, loving, perfect love, loving, perfect love. So that you can get swept back up, so that you can be, come on, who you are. Not interested. You, you are called to a unique personal relationship with the unique person of Holy Spirit. And as long as we are afraid to use this language or are shy about kind of like that approach, we're doomed. I've shared this before, and, and, and some, of y'all, some of y'all don't believe me. We've literally, I've literally had people leave ministries I've overseen because when I preach and I pray before I preach, I pray to Holy Spirit, and that has offended some people. Well, you're supposed, Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art, and you're supposed to pray the Father. First off, not the Lord's Prayer. Do you know that? It's not the Lord's Prayer. Jesus never prayed that prayer. You're like, what? What do you mean? In that prayer, it says, forgive us our, I love doing that because some of y'all grew up with trespasses and some of y'all grew up with sins and you're like, well, did I get it wrong? Eight million dollar theological question, did Jesus ever sin? So did Jesus ever need to pray to the Father for forgiveness of his sins? So that's not the Lord's prayer. It's the prayer he taught his disciples to pray, but it's not his prayer. You want his prayer, we're going to get there in a few years. (laughs) At least I said years and not decades, right? Come on, somebody. Truth is, I don't know. Here's what we've got to get. As long as we want to hide, come on, and avoid an interpersonal relationship with Holy Spirit, we will never be who we're called to be, and therefore we'll never be doing what we're called to be doing. We can build nice religions. We can have good church services. We can pump some smoke in here. Come on. Churches are doing it. I can, we, we can, we can, we can, ha- we can, we can get better at like emotional manipulation and make you really like feel bad and we can make you feel good and then we can make you feel bad again, right? That's the trick, right? Right? Make you feel bad. Ha ha. Like some sort of weird codependent abusive relationship. So are you talking about marriage? No, I'm talking about most American churches. Um, <laughs> did he really just say that? He really just said that. Um, Okay. Back on track. Without this, come on, we cannot be who we are called to be. And we cannot do what we're called to do. So I, I told you I had an assignment. I have an assignment today. I have, I honestly, I'm not just saying this. I, as I was praying for us this week, the Lord dropped this word in my heart, said this is for the church. You need to deliver it to, to Sozo. And I say that because I don't want you to hear this as just like another point in a message. I need you to hear this, and I need you to hear it personally. So this is what I'm asking you. Don't write this down. Hear it. If you need to write it down afterwards, write it down, but hear it. 
Hear it. Hear it. You have permission to engage with Holy Spirit. There's the word. You, you personally, come on, have permission to engage with Holy Spirit. Here's what I didn't say. You are engaged to Holy Spirit. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. We got too many people who pretend like they're engaged to Holy Spirit but aren't engaged to Holy Spirit. Married people, married people, talk to me. How miserably disgusting was your engagement? Oh, come on, be real. At least the dudes in the room can be real. Like, you can be married, but not really. Come on. You're like committed to one another, sort of. You can be together, but not too much. I hated being engaged. I love being married. Being married is, 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 is like my second favorite, my favorite thing, getting to be a son of God. Come on, that's just, that's just awesome. Second favorite thing, getting to be a husband to my wife. Like, it's, just, it's just stupid awesome. I'm jealous that you don't get to do it. It's that awesome. I say this, I've said this, it offends all the ladies and all the men in the room, and I don't care. I married the best woman on the planet, and everybody else got leftovers. And I hope every man in the room agrees with me about yourself. If you don't, repent and believe the gospel. Um, or at least don't admit your sin to your wife. Um, that specific sin. Um, <laughs> this is bad. I hated being engaged, right? Like, 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 like you always had to kind of be worried. Like, are we, are we, uh, here's what I feel like Holy Spirit is trying to say to you. Don't worry about going too far. Some of y'all are worried. Some of y'all are worried about like, well, you know, if I really start engaging with Holy Spirit, like what's going to happen? Let, let's get PG-13. Go all the way. But don't worry about it. You go, yeah, but what if, what if stuff changes and what if, what if yeah, 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 your whole life's going to change. When everything about you is going to change. You go, well, my personality, your personality, I love you, is about to become irrelevant. And that's a good thing. Look, I'm, a, I'm an utter introvert. People are like, oh, the shutdown, we all have to lock in our homes. I was like, praise Jesus. I talk to friends who are like, my life is so different. I'm like, my life's pretty much the same. I married or made all my favorite people. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm still allowed to text people. That's all I need. Like, like so I keep telling you this. Like, the Bible says he who is friendly will himself have friends. That's not a commandment. That's just letting you know how it works. We're like, I'm good. I got friends. <laughs> My personality, very introverted. But I can tell you, when I'm out in public, I love talking to people when the Holy Spirit says, go talk to them. Go say this to them. Go share this with them. Ask them how their day's doing. I, lo I love it when Holy Spirit just like tells me something about somebody else that there's no way I could have known and I get to go up and share it with them and watch them just turn into a puddle of tears. Now, I'll be honest with you, because my introversion's still there, they're in tears and I'm like, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> Lord bless you. I think there's a lot of people probably think they were visited by an angel because they're like, he came, he told me something about myself and he was just gone. 
It's like, no, it's an angel. It's just an introvert. Um, I, I, I'm a musician. Okay, that's not true. I pretend to be a musician. Um, I hate going to concerts. I hate it. I don't like concerts. I know it's weird. It makes me weird. Right? I only, only concerts I go to are as if my friends are in the band and I'm just going there to see them, to hang out with them. I don't like concerts. I love worshiping Jesus because it's not the same thing. My personality, no. My spirit, absolutely. Your personality is irrelevant. See, see let, let's, push the, let's push the PG-13 analogy a little bit, right? Like you go all the way and sometimes, you know, that makes a baby. Right? Can I tell you that's the goal? Of you, of you increasing your intimacy with Holy Spirit, the goal is for something to come alive on the inside of you that wasn't there before. The goal is for something to come alive on the inside of you. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. That is you, but also is not you. That's its own thing. That came from a life of, of something else. That came from another and shifts everything about you. Come on, any lady in the room who's been pregnant or had, had a baby, like you know, like once that happens, like everything, my wife's, everything about my wife changed when she got pregnant. Food she used to like, she didn't like anymore. Things she used to do, she didn't like, like everything. We, we, we stopped listening to certain music. It was like, well, we don't want the baby to hear that. <laughs> right, like everything shifts. That's the goal of that intimacy. Come on. I'm here to give you permission to be intimate, as intimate as you can handle with Holy Spirit. You go, well, I mean, I don't want to get, here, here, here's one that some of y'all are thinking right now. Well, I don't, I don't want to be so spiritually minded, I'm no practically good. You're no practical good until you're spiritually minded. Because the problem is not the problem. Proximity is the problem, and that's a spiritual problem. Remember, remember I said, let me find it. Remember I said the unique way that God moves? I know, this changed your life. It was amazing. It was the most deep, profound word you ever heard. Let me, let, me, let me drive that home. Holy Spirit moves, relates, and works within us. Let, let, let me put a really fine point on this. And again, it's M-A-R-K at sozospokane.org, just in case you want to have a conversation about this. Uh, but I'm Tom Petty on this one. I won't back down. Three people got that joke, and the rest of you are better human beings. Um, for years, for years, no, 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 for decades, I have heard, it, it's, it's got, it, it was echoing when I first heard it, so it's got to have been going on longer than this. More older seasoned saints in the room can, can confirm or deny this, but for decades, Christians have been waiting on God to move. Can I get amen from any, any, any seasoned saints in the room, right? Like, like, especially if you're in the charismatic, Pentecostal, spirit-filled, Holy Ghost, people. Like, I've been hearing my whole Christian life, and then some, about the move of God that's on its way. And it keeps, like, I, I, I dude, I heard about it. I think the first service I was at as a, as a believer was like, God's going to move. It's like, okay. The last service I was just at this week, I heard God's going to move. I'm like, okay. Can I, be, can I level with you? 
I don't think we're supposed to wait for him to move. I think he's waiting for us to move. Now, I'm not saying we need to go do things on our own strength. Did you not hear the whole message I just preached? (laughs) What I'm saying is, if Holy Spirit is moving, he moves, relates, and works within us. And we want, to be, we, we want to be spectators when he's designed us to be participants. And we want to sit back and go, God, why is the world the way it is? Maybe because we're the way we are. Maybe, 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 I love you. Maybe, remember, I love you. That's not just hyperbole. I, I really do love you. I'm saying this because I love you. I really, you're boring. That's what makes the church boring. You're like, it's weird because he said he loved me, but then he said something really mean. I yell because I love. Um, maybe the problem is with us, not with him. Maybe he's, maybe he's moving and we're sitting in our boats, come on, with the sails down, going, God, move. And he's going, put the sail up, I am. Catch what I'm doing and do it. Come on, Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I said earlier, right? The Father sent the Son, the Son sends the Spirit. The Spirit sends us. Everywhere in the book of Acts, the book, the gospel of the Holy Spirit, right? The, 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 the only storybook we have about the church, everywhere that it says the Holy Spirit was moving, guess how they knew? People were moving. Because If you're waiting for Holy Spirit to manifest a physical body here, he doesn't have one to manifest. You are the abode of the Holy Spirit. You are the dwelling place of Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So if he's going to move, you're going to have to move. I mean this spiritually. I mean this practically. I mean this supernaturally. I mean like, hey, Maybe, maybe, maybe if you want to see Holy Spirit do something he's never done before, maybe you need to do something you've never done before. For some of you, this is real easy. Just do the carry the TV pose and worship. You know what I'm talking about? This is when worship starts. Just lift your hands. It's biblical. It's okay. If you want to be a little bit more spiritual, make it a widescreen TV. Right? Thank you, some Christian comedian. I don't even know his name. Right? We've got to get outside. Here's the picture I have, right? Like, we exist in this little square, and we're crying out for God to move, and he's like, just get out of the square. I'm in you. I'm moving. Just get, just come along. We need to repent. Come on, we need to repent of our our obsession with being spectators of what God's doing rather than participants in what God is doing. How hard is it? Come on. To, I, I know, I'm, let's just talk about Sunday mornings for a second. How hard is it to raise your hands? I know for some of you, you've been doing that your whole life, so you, you get a harder assignment. But I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just trying to encourage us, come on, to get a little bit more intimate with Holy Spirit, to get a little bit more obedient to what the Scriptures call us to do. Some of y'all, I, let's not even talk about raise your hands, just open your mouth. You're like, well, I think worship is more, I think, happy thoughts about Jesus. Well, the Bible says that the fruit of our lips need to give praise to his name. 
You go, I, I, I've, sh- I've shared this story before. I, I was a kid. I, I spent summers with, with my aunt and uncle going to, to this church sometimes. My grandparent, one of the set of grandparents going to Catholic Mass, which that was fun. And then another set of grandparents going to Holiness Nazarene Church. Oh, baby. And we sang out of hymnals there because we were holy. And so, um, so we were singing, and I noticed one day that, that, not, that Grampy wasn't singing. And then I noticed the next Sunday that Grampy wasn't singing. This was weird because Grampy played the organ. So, like, why isn't Grampy singing? Like, why isn't he, like, backing up his wife, you know? Like, why isn't he helping out? And I finally got the nerve up to ask Grampy. We're in a combine. I said, Grampy, I, I know something at church. Can I talk to you about it? He said, yeah, absolutely. He said, um, you, you, don't, you don't sing when we're at church. And, and the pastor gets up and says, we're going to sing. And he tells us the number and the thing. And you, you taught me how to find the number. And you tell me it's time to sing. And we sing. But you don't sing. Why don't you sing? He goes, if I sang, it wouldn't glorify God. <laughs> Um, some of y'all think that way. It's a lie. It doesn't say, it doesn't say lift, up a, lift up a skillful sound, sound. It just says lift up a joyful sound. Come on. You know, what, do, do, are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you tracking with me? What if Holy Spirit's going to move? We've got to move. We don't move him. He moves us. Come on. I'm not, we're not getting off into weirdness here. But we've used that excuse for too long. Let's stand to our feet. I'm going to ask the team to come back up. I've got a whole other thing I was going to go down into, but I think we'll save that. Um, hmm. What do we do, Lord? Let me, let me, let me, let me do something I don't normally do as we, as we get ready to respond. Um. So I don't have time to explain. I will talk about this more next week. But we're a church that believe that believes that God has spoken. And we also believe that God is speaking. Not like this anymore. Come on, we're not Mormons, right? Like we don't get to add new books. That wasn't a joke. That's just like just be clear. Like it's just we're not. In case you were like, oh, there's one down the hill. Um Pray for them. Um, we believe that God still speaks. Amen? Always, always, always underneath this, right? Never contradicts this. We still believe he speaks. One of the ways that he speaks is through dreams and visions. I don't like to talk about mine. And that might change in the future. I don't know. But I don't like to talk about mine. Um, because I think there's this idea already that if you stand on a platform and hold a microphone and preach the Bible, that somehow you are like on some other like plane or existence or level or some garbage. And so sharing sharing things like that, I, I think, can sometimes just reinforce that. But but there's there was there was a a very 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 significant vision the Lord gave me early on in my walk with Him that, if I'm going to be honest with you, has shaped much of my life. And I feel it's important to share this because it's one of the few visions that, that the Lord's given me that doesn't simply pertain to me. Most of the time, I'll be honest, like, I'm, I've got so much stuff, God's like, we're still dealing with you right now. Right? Like, we got to, the, whoo, you know, like, yeah. But this one, it's actually in this building. We were... We used to do a thing back in the day. Some of y'all don't know nothing about this. We used to call it the Watch of the Lord. So we would gather in this building and we would pray all night long. And I say we 
It's usually just a handful of people. There wasn't a lot of agenda. There wasn't music. Nothing flashy, just a circle of chairs and people hungry for Jesus. It was in one of those nights as I was here, I was desperate for him, that I had this, this vision. And, and, and here's what it was. And I feel it's important to share this so that you understand why this is so central for us. The vision was this. It was I, was, I was in a cave. Deep underground, there was no light. There was darkness everywhere, but this darkness was alive. Do you know what I'm talking about? This darkness was moving. And this darkness was creeping in toward me. In this moment, I realized that I wasn't me. I was in this, in this vision, in this picture. The Lord was using me a picture for his people, for the church. And I was, I was, I was illuminating and as long as there was light coming out of me, the darkness couldn't get to me. But that darkness began to fade and began to fade and began to fade. And the, the light began to fade and began to fade and began to fade and began to shrink in as the darkness crept in and crept in and crept in. And as my light faded and darkness grew close, suddenly out of heaven, out of outside the cave, outside of everything, a lightning bolt came and slammed into me and light came back to me again. And the darkness was pushed back and, and, and all of this, the, these, these things that made up the darkness were all fleeing. And I rejoiced over the light that I was again. But before you knew it, the light began to fade, began to fade, began to fade and the darkness began to creep back in and creep back in and creep back in. And the Lord said this. He said, I'm going to do it one more time. And lightning came. Bam. Threw back the darkness. And I thought, okay, this is it. This is it. This is awesome. He's done it. As I began to stay in this cave, the light began to fade, began to fade, began to fade, and the darkness crept back in. And I cried out to God, do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord nothing, no answer at all. And I'm back in this body as darkness creeps in and I'm overtaken by the darkness. And as it begins to try to bury me in the ground, I look at my chest and there's the faintest of faint lights. And as I looked at that light, as I focused on that light, and as I cupped my hands around that light, do you know what happened? The light began to grow and began to grow and began to grow. And the darkness began to recede, began to recede, began to recede. And as the light grew and the light grew and the light grew, eventually, listen, I began to grow until I was literally pressed up against the sides of this cave. And as I just kept focusing on the light, eventually burst out of the ground as I saw all over the entire planet, the same thing happening in caves all over the planet. Instantly, I was pulled out of this vision. I asked the Lord, what, what in the world was that? Here's what I believe he gave me as the interpretation. He said, I have moved mightily, sovereignly by my hand through my church. And I have done it one more time. This was in the late 90s, early 2000s. I believe he was saying the, 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 the renewal that was poured out in the 90s was that last time. He goes, I'm not doing it again. For the next move of the Spirit will not come externally. 
but internally. When my people learn who they are in me and who I am in them, and that's the light that will pull them out of hiding, and that's the light that will break the darkness, and that's the light that will change the topography of this planet. Beloved, when I tell you we don't need to wait for Holy Spirit's move, I, I'm, I'm just, this is, this is, again, this is my interpretation of a private vision. This is what we study. This is what you have to agree with. But here's what I believe. He's not moving again. As we want to wait for another Jesus people movement, another renewal, another great awakening, I think Holy Spirit's going, I, I ain't doing it. It's not going to happen like a lightning bolt. It's going to happen as we tend the flame in our own interior world. And when that happens, beloved, we will not be, come on, we will always be dependent upon him. We will never be dependent upon some emotional movement ever again. So here's my call to us as we respond. Will you relate to Holy Spirit today? Not, 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 not just, hey, I like Jesus and Jesus is cool and that's great. And I, I like the Bible and Jesus is nice. That painting on my grandma's wall was really cool. He has feathered hair. I really like feathered hair. It's back now. So I'm cool with Abba. You know, like he's a fine dresser. He takes care of me. He loves me. And like, Holy Spirit, like, I don't know what he's going to, I don't know what he's going to do if I like start hanging out with him. Yeah, that's a good thing. Will you just relate to him? said this to us last time, will you just acknowledge his presence? This doesn't need to be a burdensome thing. This doesn't need to be like another sort of religious ritual you do. I just mean any moment throughout your day when you recognize that you're not being aware of him, simply acknowledge his presence with you. Because here's what he promised. He will never leave you. Come on. He'll never forsake you. Come on. When we sing songs about come Holy Spirit, we sing songs about spirit move, we're not asking him to come in the sense that he's not here. We're asking him to come in the sense of make your presence known. you just relate to him. You just begin to open up your heart to him. Talk to the Holy Spirit every day this week. Some of us, I believe we need to start stepping into radical acts of obedience. Okay, well, thank you, Lord. We'll talk about that next time we're together, next week. We're going to talk about what that radical obedience looks like, how that functions, how that works. But for right now, listen, we need to just open up our lives. Come on. Respond to the word of the Lord this morning. You have permission to engage with Holy Spirit. You do. You do. You go, but I've got, I've got this struggle. I'm still trying to work through. I'm still trying to figure out this. Let, let, let. Not when you get your act together, not when you get your stuff straightened out, not when you're good enough, smart enough, and everybody likes you. You right now have permission to engage with Holy Spirit. You right now have permission to engage in Holy Spirit. And I'm going to say in this moment, you right now have permission to do whatever you need to do. If you need to kneel, if you need to find some space, if you need to, to lift your hands, if you need to dance, if you need to cry, if you need to sing, whatever you need to do, Look, that's why we have a response. That's why we have worship. I want you to know, maybe that square that I was talking about is right in front of your chair, and you need to start getting out of your chair on Sunday mornings. There's like a lot of space here. Use it. I'm gonna, we're going to respond. I'm going to pray, and we're going to respond. Here's how we're going to respond. 
Celebration, contemplation, communion. Celebrate. We're going to sing. We're going to worship. I, I specifically, I don't do this a lot, but I asked the, the team if they would do a specific song. I, I, we're we're going to sing the, it's, for some of us it's old, for some of us it's new, for some of us it's somewhere in between. The song, Holy Spirit. Because I want you even right now, even to practice singing to Holy Spirit. Let's practice this a little bit together. Can we practice? Let's practice. Some of y'all, maybe this is the first time you're ever going to just have a conversation with Holy Spirit and not, not think, well, that's just another name for Jesus. He's not, Holy Spirit is not Jesus. He's Holy Spirit. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna celebrate. We're going to contemplate. We're going we're gonna to let Holy Spirit do a work within us. Come on. Shift and change and move. We're going to commune. We're going to take communion. We're going to come to the Lord's table, open to all who put their faith in Jesus. If you're a believer, we invite you to come forward, partake through through antiquation in the Lord's table where we take a piece of bread or gluten-free wafer, dip it in the juice and partake. I do believe we still have some cured communion in the back for those of you who want it. We're cool with that. We do say that this is an act given exclusively to those who put their faith in Jesus. So if you're not a Christian this morning, I'm not going to ask you to come up here and pretend like you're a Christian and take communion. You just hang out in your seat. You don't need to come forward. However, I would encourage you right now to repent and believe the gospel. Come on, to be saved. To let Jesus step into your life and change everything. To be that one that for you will bring you into a relationship with the one, come on, that will satisfy your soul that will change everything, that will forgive you of your sin, that will free you from shame, that will move you from death to life. We do that simply through repentance and belief, through admitting and abandoning our sin and embracing and entrusting Jesus. I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm not asking you to change political parties. I'm not asking you to even change your behavior. I'm asking you to admit and abandon. Come on, the stupid things that you believe are gonna fulfill you and embrace and trust Jesus with all that you are. The other way that we commune is one with another. It's a team of people down here that would love to stand and pray with you. Maybe you need somebody to introduce you to Holy Spirit. Everybody over there knows him very well. I say they're not super people with superpowers, but here's what I can tell you. They know Holy Spirit. Maybe you're not comfortable about walking all the way over there. Find an elder. I ask him to pray for you. Find somebody you know who, who has Holy Spirit. Ask him to pray for you. That's okay. We can do that. It's allowed. I asked the boss. But I'm going to pray and we're going to respond. And we're going to believe, come on, for Holy Spirit to move us as we move. Amen? Come on, amen? Holy Spirit, we thank you this morning. Thank you for all that you've said. Thank you for all that you are doing. God, thank you that when you move, you move us. And Lord, we do. We repent. Lord, I'm not, I'm not doing this lightly, Lord. I repent of a perspective that says that I'm not moving until you move. But instead, God, I come to you and say, Lord, I'll move as you move. God, I'm getting out of my square. I'm getting out of my box. Lord, we we come before you with open hands, open hearts, and raised sails. We want to move, Lord. We want to move. We don't want the same thing again. We don't want want another move like you moved before. We want a fresh move. We want to move with you again. God, let let us once again tend the flame of our own relationship with you and let that be the catalyst, Lord, 
for the moving of your spirit on the earth today. Spirit of God, Spirit of God, come. Come like never before. Don't just come upon us, come from within us. Move your people today, Lord, as we move. Church, let's respond to the Lord.